All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett's been the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, if you're looking for the latest new seasonal product that's coming in, you want to check on inventory, or you just want to order for same day delivery, go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of your Dallas Cowboys. And before we get to your Dallas Cowboys news of the day, we'll go ahead and finish up a little bit on our college talk. And uh, one thing that I did want to touch on before we leave the Dion situation too, based on Mike's phone call, kind of had was going to touch on it today, but Dion's already kicking up dust. He's already shaking and baking. Not only is he jumping on IG and jumping on, you know, transfer portal, like, hey, you won't come here? Come on. Coaches. Now, Jonas, you made it aware to me that the Toledo, right? A Kent State. Kent State. Okay, I'm sorry. Kent State's head coach. Yeah, Kent State's head coach, uh, Sean Lewis, uh, who was in line for the Cincinnati head coaching job that opened up when Luke Fickle wow, okay. uh, went ahead and went up to the Wisconsin. He was in line for the Cincinnati job. Well, he's, instead of uh, returning as head coach of Kent State, uh, he's joining Dion's staff as offensive coordinator. So actually, they stepped down. So and 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 uh, Colorado is picking up his buyout of just under a million dollars. Well, look, that's impressive. And what that tells me, if you're going to turn down a job, a head coaching job, and leave Kent State to go pretty much as a demotions and now you're going to a bigger power five conference without a doubt but you're still just talking about the position from a head coach to a coordinator that lets you know how much people believe in what this man is doing and also they also believe that they're going to and possibly being able to hitch on to something special okay that's the reality Look what Nick Saban did. Now, I'm not saying Dion's going to turn out to Nick Saban. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, look at what Nick Saban did to Kirby Smart's career. Because Kirby Smart latched onto him as an offensive coordinator. I mean, excuse me, as a defensive coordinator. And next day, and like I said, people don't, don't know. Kirby was, I mean, what are we, 2022? I don't know. Maybe he showed up in Georgia like 2018, I think it was, 17, something like that. That sounds about right. Somewhere around that. I will tell you, since 2010, 11, Kirby's been turning down jobs. He's been turning down jobs for like six, seven years. And then he finally basically, when his alumni alma mater came calling, he couldn't turn that down. So my point is, this is the reason why you get a guy that basically, yes, going to a bigger conference, but stepping down because they believe in what Dion's trying to build and they believe he's going to be successful. Now, speaking of successful, let's talk about the final four that we're picking for that's going to New York. Uh, for the Heisman finalists, correct? And who, who? And to me, honestly, you know, since I've been doing this and paying attention to college football, this is probably one of the blah more Heisman races. And I would say also, if you don't want to use the adjective as blah, you can go ahead and say probably um, wide open is not really anybody can point pin, uh, pinpoint. Excuse me, you know, for sure Heisman. But who are the four they finally picked on? Well, well, for the 19th time since 2000, a quarterback will be winning the Heisman Trophy Award. 19th time. 
18, 18 of the previous ones, again, since the turn of the millennium, uh, have gone to a quarterback. Well, this year we have all, all quarterback selection uh, group to select from. Uh, you have Caleb Williams, who's the odds favorite, I think minus 2,500, a quarterback at USC. Um, having a, a great uh, great time out there with Lincoln Riley going over from Oklahoma, surpassed 4,000 passing yards this season, 37 touchdowns. That ties fellow candidate C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, who has um, 37 touchdowns as well and uh, 3,340 uh, passing yards. Two premier programs, top of the rankings. Did you did you say Max Duggan? Not yet. So those okay. so so we have two more then. Uh, Max Duggan, of course, led TCU undefeated regular season record, three thousand three hundred twenty one yards, thirty touchdowns this season, only four picks, and then uh, Stetson Bennett, Georgia quarterback, uh, three thousand four hundred twenty five yards and twenty touchdowns. So those are your four. Heisman finalist for 2022. I'm going to say Caleb. I, I want to say the Utah game cost him um, the Heisman. And honestly, I said it on Monday. I felt that Lincoln Riley was kind of being selfish along with Caleb Williams because I think leaving him in there with the condition that he had in the hamstring situation now was basically trying to solidify and get a Heisman trophy win to try to solidify his position at the Heisman. Oh, gutsy win. He's out there on one leg. That would have won the Heisman for him. But fortunately, they lost. They lost conventionally. So I think that's going to do him in on that. Me personally, I think you would have to really comes down to I think personally you got to look at Max Duggan, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a team that was picked to finish seventh in the Big 12. Um, it took all the way to the Big 12 championship to lose their first game. They're going to the Final Four. They are probably going to get uh, the brakes beat in by them by Michigan. Um, I'm pretty sure Michigan's going to cover that number. But if you ask me just to try to look, I mean, and let's go to Stroud. I think Stroud, I mean, it's not fair to put, I mean, the numbers there, I think he's, if he comes out, which pretty much I think he's coming to the draft, he's going to be one of the top three quarterbacks taken. Um, one of the first three quarterbacks taken. But I feel that, you know, when you look at situations and Heisman moments usually come in big games and stuff, and they've been pretty much Ohio State for the most part. They've been kind of dominant for the most part. See, not really overly dominant because they've had some games they've had to start off slow, pull away in the fourth quarter. But if you look at what happened in Michigan and in your house and, you know, kind of how you lose that game, I just think you can make that negative with Stroud. So really the only other person I would say, I think personally this is going to come down to Max Duggan and the kid from Georgia. And if I had to go ahead and um, and I would say the only thing I would say with Georgia's quarterback is no one really expected this of him. You know, he was one of those guys that really, especially with an all, you know, historic defense that Georgia had last year, and, you know, pretty much Georgia's, you know, their hat is going to be on defense. As long as Kirby's the head coach, their defense most likely is going to be a stronger, always stronger than their offense. They're just going to concentrate just having a servable offense, an offense that can average more than 10 points a game. Terrible. Anyway, just had a Sunday crossover there, that's all. But I think it's out of those two, man. I mean, I think now, if you tell me who's the better quarterback, who I think is going to be the better pro quarterback out of all those guys, I think that's probably going to be Caleb. I think the injury hurts him, though, a little bit. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt his draft status too much. I mean, a hamstring, unless he completely tore it, which he did, and I don't think he did. I haven't seen the reports, but I think that's not going to hurt him too much. But I think Caleb, and to be honest with you, man, I think 
for the most part, what Caleb did with USC this year, what the games I saw under Lincoln Riley, even some of those games I saw when he did have the opportunity to be the OU quarterback, I think he's better than Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. To be honest with you, I might be speeding at 100 miles an hour through a 25-mile-an-hour school zone. Go to jail at that point. Reckless driving. But I do feel from the naked eye test, just what we've seen on Saturdays, I do think he's going to have the best career out of those. Maybe Stroud might prove me wrong. Maybe the one guy that's not there in the Heisman talks that won it last year. Okay, if he comes out this year, maybe I'm sleeping on my guy, you know, and young. But I think just with the guys going to New York, leaving Bryce Young out of the equation, I think he's going to have a better career than all those quarterbacks and the pros. And I do think he's better than Baker and Collar. And I think he will have a better pro career than those two. Well, something to consider on the Caleb Williams front, he's only a sophomore. So he still has another year. So the injury this year, not necessarily a factor. He can come back even if he doesn't win the Heisman this year. He's going to be next year and then arguably the first quarterback off the board you would project for 2024. Uh, this is what I will say with the quarterback situation and, and when they come back. I, I think right now with what sevens on sevens have done and when you talk about the Trent deal for camps of the world, the elite camps, and if you talk about if you look and see the way the NFL game, and trust me, I've fought this for Salami for years I didn't really think it was going to go down like that. But the truth of it is, he ended up being proven right. I was wrong. And I have to admit, the college game is in the NFL. So with that said, I think guys that go through their sophomore year, if you go through your sophomore year as a quarterback and you make the Heisman, you make the Final Four cut in the Heisman, it is going to, unless your dream is to play for the university you're playing for or your dream is actually be call yourself a national championship quarterback in college, you are probably, it is too hard to come back for your junior year after your sophomore year. Because why? It's not like about 20 years ago. I mean, I, I, mean, I, was, tell, I was hearing Joe Montana talk about this the other day. You, it's not like 15, even 20 years ago where basically, yes, if you get a guy that stays his junior year or all four years like a Peyton Manning, you know, got Andrew Luck, yes, those guys are seasoned. Those guys go. But you got to think the transition in my, it's still the hardest position. I think the two hardest positions to make the transition from Saturday to Sunday is quarterback 1A and cornerback 1B. But I just feel that pretty much that the college game is so much as influxed into the NFL game. These kids, if you can play, most the, the money and the opportunity is going to be hard for you to come back after your summer if you're that guy. Now, me personally, I think Bryce Young should come back for his junior year at Alabama. Because for one, because of the injury, and number two, he could really solidify himself as the number one quarterback next year in 2024's draft. So, but I mean, it just depends, man, it, you know, how it's going to work out. But I just sit there and say, I, if you ask me right now, I don't see why I don't see Caleb coming back to USC. Well, he has to. He's not what draft is, eligible yet. He, you have to play three years or, or your, your, your class after high school has to have been out for three years in football. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I've got the report right in front of me. So three, I, I double checked it because I wanted to be sure. As well. So you can't. So because I knew for a fact you can't come out after your freshman year. Correct. But I but I thought basically after your sophomore year, depending only, on the only age if you year. redshirted, and and he he didn't redshirt uh, at at Oklahoma, transferred immediately to USC. 
So your 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 big names eligible for this year's draft are Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, we, Will uh, Levis, and, and what Anthony year did what, what, what year did Bryce Young redshirt? I would have to assume the the last year. I don't know about that because Bryce Young. I'd have, have to assume. But Bryce Young was a freshman last year. Uh, he was a freshman last year. He's a sophomore. So I, I'm confused why he would be eligible to come out and not Caleb. I, unless I missed something and he did red fresh. But I don't – Bryce Young wasn't on the roster when – I mean, when when uh, when Tua was there and hurt there. He was – I mean, even hell, even um, Mac Jones. I don't think uh, – Bryce Young wasn't on the on the roster then those years that Mac Jones was there and Tua was there. He was a true freshman last year. So, but we'll we'll look into that. Uh, but I I I knew for a fact you couldn't come out after your freshman year. I know for a fact you can't go straight to. We all know you can't go straight high school to the pros. I mean, even though Maurice Correct tried to go ahead and challenge that. But the truth of the matter is, I thought after your sophomore year, your eligibility—if you want to go into the draft at that time—you can. But uh, you know, I can't keep up with all the rules change and all that stuff. But I'll let you fact check that and verify that. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. All right, what's up? Well, really quick question, because I want to go back to the Caleb Williams. You said uh-huh. that Lincoln Riley was trying to give Caleb Williams his Heisman moment to um, to close out, you know, the big the Pac-12 championship. Um, do you think that Max Duggan did enough, even in the losing effort it can in the Kansas State game, the Big 12 championship? I mean, he led the team in rushing, he took, completely took over that final drive um, in regulation to put them in in position to even. So do I think he's done enough to work. Do you think that that was his Heisman moment? Where where Lincoln Riley didn't get Caleb Caleb Williams his? Did Max Duggan have his Heisman moment to, along with the Caleb Williams drop-off, that final, the the Big 12 game, sorry, Big 12 championship game to really seal it for himself? I think Max Duggan, my vote for Max Duggan is more what he's done over the body work or just what he's done as a leader to get that team. Look, USC wasn't picked to finish seventh in the Pac-12. They weren't really picked by the majority of everybody to win it, but they weren't picked to finish seventh. The majority had the team that did end up winning it in Utah. TCU was picked to finish seventh, I believe, in the Big 12, and they're going to the Final Four. I don't need a Heisman Trophy moment and with his numbers and what his numbers is already for me in my opinion to say that Max Duggan if not Max Duggan that I take Stroud I just think Keller Williams you lose the Utah twice in one season and it kind of ends the way it does I, you know he didn't perform that well on the road when they lost to Utah early on the season and he didn't perform that well um, you know because of course maybe part of that is injury against them in the in the Pac-12 championship so anyway fair enough so um, Final notes on on the Heisman. A really quick uh, fact check to hear for you too. Uh, Bryce Young was on the roster in 2020, so 2020, 2021, okay. and 2022 uh, is his three years of college. But now we, the conversation in the Heisman it comes up again because again the only position group to go to New York this year is the quarterback position group, and you have players players you know past and present. Fan bases taking to Twitter and saying, hey, what about everybody else? And even in our own backyard, one of those names, B. John Robinson, running back at Texas. Uh, many feel like he he was slighted um, by, by well, not getting an invite. Look, I, you know, I think without a doubt, B. John Robinson is one of the top backs in the country. I don't know if I put him as the best back in the country. I don't think he is. He's definitely in the top. 
I don't know, he's definitely in the top five, if not maybe definitely top three. But I just don't think, you know, look, you have to have an extraordinary year as a college player to be and I know they don't have a losing record but let's keep it real they had a with expect they had a losing season I mean they didn't even play in their own conference big 12 title game or let alone make the final four his game against Alabama was impressive outside of that when you look at the challenges Alabama had on defense this year how impressive is that really you know, Alabama didn't qualify for the playoffs. So if you look at it, I kind of see Texas fans maybe being a little salty, but the truth of it is, it's, you know, look, Robert Griffin III, I think Baylor had like four losses that year he won, if I'm not mistaken, the year that he won the Heisman. But he had an extraordinary year. Like it was cutting beyond what he was doing was special. He won the Heisman. Bijan, first of all, the reason why he's not there is because there was nothing spectacular about what really Texas did this year. And I'm not even trying to troll or be whatever. I'm being straight up. That's just the reality. But for them to totally say this is a national or state outrage that Bijan is not in the Heisman, I ain't going there. I ain't making trips to New York. I mean, I ain't going that far. I mean, it don't feel I mean, the kid got a damn, he is a damn, um, you know, deal with Lamborghini. I mean, no. Are they really pissed off about that? Well, I mean, even other schools are upset just that. I mean, because you can even look at like Minnesota and Ibrahim, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, he, in my opinion, was the best running back, especially when you look at the stats. Yeah. Um, he had a better statistic season than Bijan did. Could be the number one back there. And uh, Devontae Smith was the last one to not be a quarterback 2018, which only happened twice. Well, I'm going to add one thing to that before we move on, and I definitely want to talk uh, in the last segment about uh, this situation with OBJ and the Dallas Cowboys and side of some other news as well in the NFL. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Bartlett Spin the One and Twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios and... This segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. That is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks. Or if not, just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Also, uh, they've got, keep in mind also, keep in mind, they got new stuff coming in January as well. Also, uh, with uh, Zing Zang as well. So, Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so, um, yeah, real quick before I get to uh, the point that I was going to make, um, you know, to end on that, and I've already forgot what that point was going to make so we can move on, but I want to say, I should shame on me, should have opened the show with it, planned on it, but rest in peace uh, to referee legendary Mills Lane, um, died, I think, at the age of 82, I think it was? 85. 85. Wow. Um, now, again, you tell me you didn't even know who Mills Lane was. Now, of course, I know you just over – I don't know how long you paid attention to the sport, but I know you just in the last couple of years been covering boxing and writing for boxing. But um, still don't know how to give you a pass on that. But anyway, uh, Mills Lane, um, famous referee. His voice is legendary. You know, I, I mean, he's had a lot of big bouts he's refereed and – things he said but I think really honestly you know what I think of Mills Lane um, you think of that night of Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield the night that Tyson beside uh, become a cannibal and bite Evander's ear out and that famous call I mean just you hear Mills Lane he bit his ear he bit his ear he's gone um Legendary man, rest in peace. It's just every time I come on and say one of these, I mean, also, um, you know, I didn't even say, I mean, we, we I mean, the other day, I mean, to cancel, was it Christy Break? I mean, we lost, I mean, rest in peace. the Alley. There you go. Um, rest in peace to her as well, too. Every time I look at these, and I guess it just gets with me getting older, I just feel like, damn, man, like, you know, death is right around the corner for anybody, anytime. We don't know. We can't control that. But it just feels like you, as you get older, you just realize these people that's, you know, you that's you known of from afar, 
you know, or been a part of your life with these people that, you know, the whole world knows when they die. Every the regular people die every day, every second. As I'm speaking, somebody's dying right now. But I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being dead serious. But it's just when you start seeing that, you start thinking like, damn, they were 85. Mill was really 85. Damn. You know? She was like, she was only 70. I didn't even know she was 71. Yep. I mean, I didn't even think she would be that old uh, that yet. So, yeah. So, rest in peace to Mills Lane. Um, okay. So, moving on. Oh, I know what it was. The point in regards to about you're telling me about the quarterback. Is this a quarterback award? And, you know, in regards to the Heisman and look at all these, what about this running back? This person's not here. Look, it's this is the same discussion that we get into when we get into um, – the MVP situation. Um, we, it, we, it is a quarterback world when it comes to the game of football. Okay. It's a quarterback world. So, and what I mean by that is that they're going to get more of the blame than deserving, like a Russell Wilson. And then they're going to get probably more credit than they deserve. When they are winning. So to me, I think it's just one of those situations. It's obvious, man. It's the most one of the most important positions in sports. It's the most important position in pro football. It's going to be that award. I mean, you know, you had Devontae Smith, Philadelphia Eagles, Alabama's own. He won it a few years ago. He's a wide receiver. You know? I, I mean... I, I just don't want to spend time getting in that to talk because it to me it's this it goes into the same argument as the MVP award and they might as well make it a quarterback. It is what it is, man. They got they they have the ball in their hand every snap, every play on offense. One eight hundred seven oh seven nine seven sixty. All right, so moving on to the Dallas news of the day and the NFL news. First of all, before we get to Dallas, big news, Von Miller. Um, you know, what was thought of before to be some injury that he could probably manage and take some time off. He'll come back for the playoffs. Nope. He's gone for the year. Uh, Vaughn's career. I mean, to be honest with you, it's on the 18th green. It's, uh, you know, he's had a hell of a career. Um, I'm not saying this is it, but in the last few years, this would be a second major injury he's had that's cost him a season. And that just tells you the body's breaking down. And Vaughn takes Vaughn treats his body like a Ferrari. But at the end of the day, the wear and tear and what you've done in the in the game of football, I mean, he's been doing it for a while now that it's going to catch up with you. And I think you're starting to see that. It kind of sucks for him and it sucks for Buffalo because they really brought him and paid him. I told you I thought they overpaid him at the time where he was at with his career was going on. But I know he had earned that, especially coming off a of Super Bowl. I just feel that, you know, he'll be back, but I just don't know at what capacity and what level Vaughn will be back coming that come trying to recover this again at his career, even though he's in great shape. But I just feel sorry for Bill's Mafia fan and Vaughn because that's the one piece that they felt they were missing is the guy a pass rush. I mean, if they could have had a pass rush to get, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes off the field that day. And the classic playoff game, maybe that was the difference. He's gone. They won't have him. Uh, do I think that this hurts their chances in regards to really being able to get out of the AFC and really they probably try to win a Super Bowl? No. I mean, it hurts, but it don't kill their chances, you know. 
So, because I think, again, I think they just have a good roster. Their biggest concern, are they going to, because they've had better efforts, but are they consistently going to be able to run the football? Also, uh, Dallas, Jerry Jones is concerned about signing OBJ after his physical. Basically, reports are saying that he might not really be ready until January or maybe even 2023 season. I said it on yesterday's show, man. If I'm his agent, you know, it's fine. You want to go ahead and get your free trips, your free dinners, you know, your free basketball games. You want to basically be feel wanted. Go ahead. But if I'm his agent and evidently he hasn't healed to the point that he's ready to go, he's I mean, I won't call it behind schedule, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I mean, what kind of impact can you really have if you're not healthy to go in there? Speculation, if you could even be ready by January, what impact are you going to really have? You just can't come in and just like, I mean, even if they design a couple packages for you, to me, and and also, if you continue to go inside, now this could be Jerry, this could be Dallas' staff putting this out there to scare everybody else off. The Giants, the Bills, or it could be some legit concern. And if it's some legit concern, just wait till next year, man. Just wait till next year. But I feel like even if you are Dallas and you go ahead and sign him anyway or you're Buffalo, you're really committing to him for the next two or three years. You really can't look at this. And I don't think Odell's going to agree with anybody who's not going to give him at least a two to three year contract. That's in my opinion, because he's tired of moving around. I mean, suppose the guy said he lives out of suitcase for most of the time because he's he's tired of doing that. But what are you going to say? Well, just how does Jerry Jones expressing his injury concern kind of stick scare off the Giants or Commanders? Um, because actually, I, I feel like that that almost makes them feel like they have a better chance of getting them. Uh, and if anything, by Jerry showing disinterest, he could be hoping that OBJ's team comes back with a lower number that they might be open to. So I, I don't I don't know that it necessarily scares the other teams off. It might make them feel like they have a better chance to land them because. Jerry's looking at it like, look, why would I? Why would I take this this gamble? Well, this is the deal. I just feel the answer to your question. It's because people and doctors and teams, especially when you know that you're covering a free agent or a draft pick, there's always times that doctors or teams, officials, or PR, they lie and put out fake information just because they look at the time we're in because what that does that could even though it might not make it down the smart GM or the smart owner if they really wanted a deal hey come visit us let our doctors look at them but if you put out there that the doubt because first of all keep in mind out of the Giants the Bills the Cowboys they who who has begged him the most the Cowboys they're the ones that has flirted with him publicly the most for the exceptions of now Von Miller as a bill just came out a week ago and said, Hey man, I wouldn't put on, don't count us out. You know, once he gets down here, I've talked to him. Okay. I know everybody got him going to Dallas. Well, he said but, two months but, ago, he had another dream about him joining him. Right. Other than Von Miller, but I'm talking about from a team, I'm talking about an owner, a GM speaking out. It's been Dallas. So what I'm saying is that they put it out and knowing everybody for every GM Every head coach, every fan knows that Dallas got a love affest and they want OBJ bad. But if they come out and say, hey, well, I don't know, uh, you know, that physical scared, but I don't know if he'll be ready. Then that might pause them back to say, hey, man, should we really go ahead and sign him? And in the meantime, Jerry and Stephen Jones, they just trying to work on the numbers and figure out how, what this two or three year deal going to look like. That's why, Jones. That's how it works. And that happens. You know, but it does. But there you go. I say if I'm Odell's agent, wait to 2023. 
Wait to if he's not ready to go, wait to 2023. But yeah, devastating news for uh, Von Miller and uh, the Buffalo Bills with his season ending uh, surgery today. What else you got? Carrying over with the Dallas Cowboys and looking ahead at this week, uh, you have the Texans bringing Davis Mills back at quarterback instead yes. of yes. Um, to me, I don't even know. I don't know was it was an injury. I don't even know why he didn't continue to start. I don't know. I mean, but I did know that he's going to start this weekend for the Cowboys. Uh, I think Dallas last time I checked, I think Dallas is a 17 point favorite in that. Uh, that's a, to me, that's an overreaction for, you know, what happened Sunday night with a 30 point quarter. I mean, I know Dallas, I well, mean, and Houston Dallas, got beat down relatively well about against a mediocre defense. Yeah. But you got to be careful, man. When line setters set these lines out, because sometimes they are overreacting because of the time before I told you, I don't care who's playing. You know, 17 points in the NFL is a hard number to cover. I, To me, I think just due to the fact that Mills is coming back, look, Dallas is supposed to win this game probably by 10 or at least two touchdowns. But reality of it is, Texans, if you're not comfortable, if you're not careful, the Texans will give you a street fight. They will. I don't think they've got enough bullets in the gun, uh, okay? But, you know, offensively, to even really, you know, hang with Dallas all four quarters, but the defensive side of things, if they want to bring it and you come in there half-stepping, because I hope and I doubt it, because if Dallas is really that team, I hope they're not sitting around smelling their own piss for beating the freshman rookie crew in Indy. Okay? I, You know, it was impressive, but I just feel like with Texans, which I think, and I've said it before, they should play this game every year. As big as Texas is and big as we think we are when it comes to football, the Texans and Dallas, I don't care about schedules and realignments every three, four years. The AFC plays the NFC. There's just certain games. I feel like, hell, if I've got to sit through the Bears and Green Bay and I know the Packers, I'm not saying the Texans, don't don't kill me, uh, Carl, out there, and you Packer lovers, cheeseheads. I'm not saying Bear fans. I'm not saying that Dallas and Texans robbery is on the level of Bears and Packers because you know how I am about robbers and you know how I am about everything levels to everything. But the truth of the matter is, if I can sit to this damn one lopsided thing, the only positive thing this year is I think they took, well, no, they didn't. We had to sit through, I was about to say they took it out of prime time. No, they didn't. They, I remember the first matchup in Green Bay. I remember coming in bitching about that or I posted about that. Like, man, at least take this damn game out of prime time. I don't give a damn. It is a long tradition, you know. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I feel it's just one of those things that the Texans and Cowboys, they should be able to, they should play this every year. You know, but we'll see. But definitely a game Dallas should uh, be able to be victorious in. Um, also, the other news, we kind of touched on it yesterday, but Baker Mayfield, and I didn't even realize they play tomorrow against the Raiders, uh, the Rams. So we, you know, we touched on it. Suppose they're trying to get him the playbook, you know, in. And I'm just thinking, like, is he really going to trot out there tomorrow night in a short field? And if that's the case, what is it really going to look like? And me personally, I think this is a this is an insurance move because I do believe once I heard Matthew Stafford wife talk the other day, talk about I just want him for my kids and, you know, live a life. I'm like, oh, man, you see what you've done, Giselle? You see what you've done? You've been you've been outspoken and now you rallied up the women troops that want their mans at home from football getting all word. You see what you've done, Giselle? OK. But anyway, once I heard that. I think Stafford's going to walk away after this year. I really do. I think, you know, 
you got to look at the beating he took in Detroit. A lot of people thought he was just trash. I always said if Matthew Stafford got to a right team, he can, you can win a Super Bowl with him. He did it last year. I think now that he's got that Super Bowl, Matthew to make more money than all get out. He really has. Um, I think, and, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think his wife went through like a cancer scare, if I'm not mistaken, um, or something like that, something serious over the last year or two. It wouldn't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guarantee it. I'm not trying to call the shot, but I'll just tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Stafford uh, calls it a day at the at the end of the season. Because when you go, I mean, again, go look at the Wickersham art article on Andrew Luck. The guy's fishing for trout, man. He's picking up his daughters from school, which a lot of these guys want to when you travel professionally. But you want to be there, pick up your kids and everything. I get it. And I don't have kids of my own, but I get it. But he's out there fishing for trout. And he eats the same day they say at some like local coffee shop where this guy is supposed to be winning Super Bowls in the NFL. But you know what did it to him? The injuries. So I feel like when you get to the point of Matthew Stafford and how long he's been in, if you really go through this injury situation he did this year, especially coming off a of Super Bowl, he's really going to have to have a love, a passion for the game to come back in 2023. That's just my opinion. That's why I think they are the team that claimed Baker out of waivers because, honestly, they don't have draft picks, really. Their cap situation is hell. They're not going to be able to improve what they're doing that much from what their roster is unless you're talking about trading at Aaron Donald, uh, you know, and he's flirted with uh, retirement even last year, even though I think that was a negotiation employee. But the Rams, the, 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 you look, AC kids me all the time. You know, they're, they're that meme that Fox, you know, now that Fox is, uh, you know, circulating this meme with Denver's records in the last six or seven years of how bad in the 500 they've been in each year, you know. First of all, somebody on Facebook today was a Dallas fan. I don't know who it was. He was trolling some other Denver. He posted that. I'm at the gym. I took a set. I said, really? I'm not going to. And I just posted anonymously. I said, hey, you know what? That same post that you, that same chart, I said, go look back in those years and even years prior and tell me when's the last time the Dallas Cowboys beat Denver. And I'll tell you whether they've been trash or whatever. So until then, hey, man, I, don't, I ain't taking it from y'all. But anyway, the bottom line is, Go ask Jet fans. Go ask Cleveland fans. I tell AC all the time, go ask any of those fans if they would basically take a Super Bowl championship, but they knew they were going to miss the playoffs the next seven to eight years straight. All of them would tell you, where do I sign up at? Period. So my point being is, is that that championship, once you, I mean, look, the Rams are going to have to pay for this. This chip they got, the Rams, and they're in L.A. They're sharing it with the Chargers, okay? I'm hearing Sean Payton doesn't want anything to do with the Chargers, and that's shocking to me consider who their quarterback is, but because of that front ownership, which I've been talking since they asked was in San Diego at that dump Qualcomm they used to play in. Teams just take over, man. I went down there a couple years ago, the year that Denver played them, the last years ago. I didn't go to the game. AC had a Christmas party. The whole time, just see orange. It's the closest I've ever been to that much orange, considering I ain't been to Colorado yet. You know, didn't want to leave. I said, hey, this is family around here. I said, where are we at? Denver, I thought we didn't that. This is what it is. Everybody just take a bad ownership, man. But anyway, I'm here. Sean Payton don't have anything to do with that. So to me, the Rams, you're going to have the Chargers 
sitting there and you got the Rams in a situation, buddy, if Matthew Stafford retires, because a lot of it has to do with this offensive line health, the reason why they struggled this year, but they could be coming to a stretch on when are they going to be making the playoffs the last time, especially in that division with the 49ers. Okay. Oh, and the great Geno Smith, too. Anyway, special thanks to the producers of the show. I was joking, by the way. Uh, Jonas Clark. Bartlett spinning the one and two, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people in the Shot City, people down the old 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.